0: we are very encouraged to hear what god is doing through city life to change lives if you have a story to share of how city life has impacted you please let us know at story at citylifecenter.org welcome to the city life podcast our desire is to make jesus known we pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture enjoy the message the bible is about people relating to God and God relating to people and it's one story and it's really stories grouped together and uh, the thing is, I, I really believe this. We get to know God better when we dig into the stories of the people in the Bible. In fact, do you realize that the Bible was, was uh, originally always meant to be spoken out loud? The scriptures were always supposed to be spoken out loud, so people heard it as a story. And I think that's really, really important. And, and, the Bi- and really, the Bible is just filled with stories of normal people like us, and, and you know normal people. And, but these are people who did extraordinary things things which i think is possible for any of us so really my question is this is how can we learn from these heroes to integrate those principles into our lives and today i'm looking at the character noah uh it's kind of funny because when i was getting ready to do this i thought like with noah I mean, where where do i start because uh you know, I mean, do I start with the the movie Noah from a from a couple of years ago? <laughs> How many of you saw, saw the movie Noah? I mean, it, just, it was like interesting, uh, to say the least, it was interesting. I mean, do I do I talk about the Nephilim? And some people want me to do that. Uh, maybe I could talk about the science of the Great Flood, or I could talk about why human life, God made the decision at that point to shorten human life to a max of 120 years. Do we talk about all the animals? Uh, do we talk about the construction of the boat? And, uh, but but. I actually decided to cross all that stuff off the list and the, re- the reason is a lot of people in fact I would say most people will go to those things when they want to talk about Noah because the story of Noah is probably the most um, fantastic story in the Bible and, uh, and, and as education and as archaeological research grows The interesting thing is more and more of the biblical story of Noah is no longer considered impossible by the scientists, but now it's seen as possible and often even as likely. So, but at the same time, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot that we don't understand in the story of Noah. Now, if you want to read the story of Noah, and I really encourage you to, you'll look in Genesis 6-7-8 and nine those four chapters six seven eight and nine, four chapters is the real complete story of noah and i will i'll just go right up front and say this this is important is i do believe the story of noah i believe it all and and but but i want to focus on the man noah and his faith instead of telling the whole story now i'll just just uh help you here real quick in case you don't know the story of noah well uh Noah, God spoke to Noah to build this ark, and God, and he built this ark, and put two of every kind of animal on it, basically, and he and his family got on it, God sent rain, God, God opened up the the, the earth, and, and, um, and, it, and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and this ark floated, and, and everything that was on the ark survived, everything else on earth was wiped out, the ark eventually came to rest on Mount Ararat, and, uh, and from there, uh, after the waters receded, then Noah and the animals left the ark and repopulated the earth so that's the basic of the basics of the story of Noah. and and the truth is even most people in our culture know that story but but noah himself he actually did the unbelievable which at that time was actually against the laws of nature and 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 i think there's a lot we can learn from this hero so i want you to get in your bibles to to uh to uh, genesis chapter number six but hold your spot there because i'm not going to go straight to it right now first of all i want us to look at a passage from hebrews 11 which i have on the screens here for you now look at this because this kind of gets me started it says by faith noah when warned about things yet not yet seen real important here faith you see the word faith there did we see it for the first time by faith noah when warned about things not yet seen that means God's telling him stuff that nobody's ever seen or known about before, okay? And that's actually what faith is right there. It's really, really interesting, okay? And then it says, in holy fear, I'll talk about that part later, he built an ark to save his family. By his faith, which is the key word here, he condemned the world and, okay, here's something, he became heir... Of the righteousness that is in keeping with, again, faith. Now, there's actually kind of a lot to see in that in that particular passage, and I'm not going to spend. The, I, I I I have the temptation to spend the whole message on this, and kind of, I guess in a sense I am, but but I want to. I'm going to share with you a lot of different things here because because really what we see is Noah how he's using faith to and, and taking action, and he's building this massive boat on dry land. But it is during a time in history before it had ever even actually rained. You see that? So what he was doing would actually have been perceived as ridiculous. One of the things I was doing several weeks ago in preparing for this message is is I was kind of looking at timelines, and and it is actually believed that, that, uh, that Noah and his sons, it would have taken them up to 100 years to even build this, construct this ark at that time. Uh, You just think about, I'm I'm just kind of looking over here at the Frost Bank Tower and seeing how many years is it going to take for them to put that up since they first started breaking ground on that thing, and now it's kind of going up rapidly, but still, it's just, it's taken that, but that is nothing compared to the intricacies of this huge boat, considering that it was way, 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 way back. They didn't have our tools. So that right in and of itself is interesting. And here's another thing that I find interesting, which has a lot to do with faith, is that as I was looking at the timelines, for the first time ever, I actually realized that his dad, whose name is Lamech, was alive at that time, and God didn't choose him. In fact, Noah is doing all of this under Lamech's nose, obviously. And not only that, is his granddad, whose name is Methuselah, which also happens to be the oldest man who's ever lived. He was alive at that time. In fact, he was alive right up until the gear of the flood, which I can't even figure that out. Why didn't God choose him? Can you imagine the family pressure? So, Noah was doing all of this under the gaze of his father and his grandfather, and this would have taken massive faith. Sometimes we think of faith as stepping out and doing something and, and like, "Well, I'm for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to do this by faith." How would you like to do it for a hundred (laughs) years? Yet, because Noah used faith in God, he saved his family and he became an heir of righteousness. I want to simplify that. Here's the truth is Noah was blessed because of his faith. And that's what I want us to understand. And it's really these three words right here. If you leave with anything else today, leave with these three words in your heart and your mind. God blesses faith. Will you say that with me? God blesses faith. And that's what we can learn best from Noah. I want my life and my family to be blessed. I want my church to be blessed. I want my city to be blessed. I want you to be blessed by God. But, but just sitting around or going through the motions of life isn't going to make that happen. See, it happens when we actually have faith in God. It happens when we use faith. In fact, the Bible even says that without faith, we can't even please God. Here's the thought. Could it be that the reason so many people's lives are full of despair and hopelessness and fear, even people who go to church, there's anger and bitterness and and, and resentment and negativity and, and even overall darkness, could it be that faith is actually missing So I wanted to be kind of reminded and refreshed even again myself as, okay, then what is faith? So I went back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and here's the scripture, and it's on the screens. It says, now faith is, now faith is, it's almost just, whoa, see, we got the strobe effect today. I like that. So now faith is confidence, got that, in what we hope for and assurance, of what we do not see. Okay? That actually parallels with what it said about how Noah acted on faith. He had confidence, he had assurance and what had not, never been seen, okay? And then it says this is what okay, look at this next line. This is what the ancients were committed for. And I want st- to I want to stop there for just a moment about the ancients because really the the, the ancients You might say, well, who are the ancients? Well, they're all the people that are listed in this chapter of the Bible, which is a phenomenal chapter. It's Hebrews chapter number 11. A lot of people call it the hall of faith. And it's a listing of people who did amazing things simply because they had faith. These are imperfect people whose legacy was not about their faults or their errors, but it was about their faith. In fact, in fact, in this list of people, we even find a prostitute and a murderer. See, these people conquered kingdoms and they quenched fires and they overcame certain death and they dodged swords and battles with extraordinary results. I mean, incredible, incredible people of faith. But it was all because they had faith, they had confidence. And what they hoped for started with hope, and then they got confidence in that hope, and they just took action on it. They took action on this just assurance that what has not yet been seen is going to happen. And they, they all pleased God, and they were all blessed. I, I know the road you, that you're on might be tough, and, but I want to begin today. I want you to start off today just by saying, I'm, I want to have hope, I want to believe. And I want to believe with you that your best is yet to come. And purge yourself of pessimism and develop faith because your future is not determined by how things are going in your life right now. In fact, not at all. Your future is according to your faith. Can you imagine Noah's future being determined by what he felt at the moment with his dad and his granddad breathing down his neck and, and they're building this ark on dry land? You see, there's this false notion that, well, if things aren't going well, then something must be wrong in my relationship with God, or I've failed God in one way or another. And, and I will tell you, I, I don't believe that for a second, not one second, because tough things happen to people. There are times when we just don't feel good. But when we live by faith and we walk by faith, we're able to actually overcome the difficulties with the help of God, no matter how massive those difficulties might be. And you can have faith with what seems impossible today. And it can become reality regardless of what anyone else thinks. It's one thing maybe to say you believe and quite another to actually act on what you believe. As though it's already true. But that's what faith is. That's what the ancients were commended for. In fact, even when you look at the lives of these Bible heroes, and you look at their successes and their failures and their reliance upon God, you can discover how we can overcome adversity in our lives, and we can have faith. So, I mean, during this series, we're taking a look at Elijah and Joshua and Peter and Samson and Mary. But today, we're talking about Noah. We're taking this glance at each of these heroes, really learning what looking at them, learning from them. What can we learn from their walk with God and their successes and their failures and more? And I believe every story that's in the Bible is really given to us so that we can not just hear a good story, but to peer into the lives of those who have gone before us and to learn from them. And more than anything, really, it comes down to what we can learn from Jesus and how to deal with the trouble that life throws at us because Jesus himself even said this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Noah faced trouble but he said Jesus said but take heart I have overcome the world. So so really here, here's the deal. I'm going to point you to Jesus all the time. I'm going to show you Jesus when you're down, when you're stressed. I'm going to direct you to Jesus when you're when you fumbled the ball. I'm going to point you to Jesus when you've scored big. I'm going to help you to remember to thank Jesus and when you've sinned, I want to remind you that Jesus forgives and Jesus restores. Why? Because in this world you will have trouble. But through Jesus, you can have peace. Faith in Jesus, who is unseen, can change everything in your life. So here's the big question for today. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Do you you want to make your mark, or do you just want to let the stress of of life and the storms of of your existence or, or possibly the trends of culture or the headlines of the news or your family difficulties, your frustrations at work, do you want that to drive your approach to life? I I seriously doubt you want that. But we do, far too often. But but I don't want that either. And that's actually where faith comes in, guys. I want to live far above just merely existing. I don't want to just be barely getting by, holding on to the end, just trying to barely keep my face above water, trying to gasp for a little more air. And, and, and And I know this, that there are seasons like that in our lives where we are gasping for air. But it's not God's will that those down times are to characterize your existence. Because you are actually created for greatness. And greatness doesn't just fade into the background of the world. Basically greatness makes a mark and that's what today and the next few weeks are about, because it's this, is that there's this hero that is in every single one of us and it's craving to be released. It's a hero, to be a hero for your family, maybe a hero for your community, a hero for your church, a hero for your company, but really, really, it's a hero for God. And it can't be out of anyone's reach, according to what I read in the Bible. And it can happen to you and through you by faith. So let's take a look at Genesis chapter 5, and I want you to take a look at what Noah faced. Look at Genesis chapter 5, and here we see this, chapter 6, verse 5, Follow along with me. And it says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth. And how every inclination of the thoughts, that goes deep, every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, "Well." I'm going to wipe from the face of the earth the human race that I've created and with them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for for I regret that I made them. But Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. So, I just, I, I dove into that scripture, and I just saw this. It's like God was, God just, it's almost like just God had regret. God had regret that he had even, and, and he was just done with it. He's just like, I'm done with it. You guys ever feel like that? You say, I, I regret that I did this. I'm done with it. <laughs> On a funny scale, or a smaller scale, when I was a kid, I used to play with Legos. Any of you guys play with Legos? All right, all right, okay, now if you're... If you're under 40, you, you, you didn't play with legit Legos. I'm just telling you. See, I, back then, I, I played with the real Legos, the basic building blocks, where you had like 30 pieces total, and that was it. We didn't have all those cool pieces that started coming out about 30 years ago. And so, but, but I loved my Legos. In fact, we didn't even know to call them Legos. At my house we call them Lego parts. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We'd call them Lego parts. I don't know. We didn't know there were no commercials about Legos. You couldn't. We are told that that's what they were called. So we called them L E G O, Lego, and then we called them little pieces, of parts. So I that, so hey, go get my Lego parts. Okay, now, I'm kind of ashamed of that, but it's the reality. It was a hard world. It was hard being a kid back then with 30 Legos. But but I would try to build things. There, there, I think within every little boy there's this innate desire to build things. So I tried. <laughs> But I was never skilled at building, and maybe that's maybe God's way of helping some people to sort things out in their lives, and I began to realize at that point, I don't build things very well, and, and I would try, and I would spend long periods of time, but sometimes, now, actually it's most of the time, things would go horribly wrong with what I was building with my Lego parts, and I would literally smash the project to pieces, and I would just walk away. It's like, that's it, I've had it. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry, I did. It was just, uh, now, eventually, I thought, I've got to process through this because I don't have a lot of toys and Lego parts. I, I have to use them somehow. So so I eventually learned how I figured out a way to make race cars. We didn't have wheels, of course, for Legos, but I could get some flat pieces and make some make some race cars and push them around, and I found that that was a lot more fun, and I never smashed the race cars. So I figured out how to use Lego parts. But but it was kind of like God, God. God got to this place with the project, and he just said, you know, I'm done with it all. But but it appears that he was looking over the earth, that he was about to destroy. But what he found, it's really interesting because what he found was actually one man who was looking for favor. He was actually looking for grace. He wasn't just mindlessly going about his business. He was actually looking for the favor and grace of God. Now, keep in mind, this is before there was a Bible. This is before they had church services, okay? This was way 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 back. They didn't have priests. They didn't have the temple. They didn't, they didn't have any of that. And it says that Noah found favor. That means he found favor and he found found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And what I think that's interesting in fact. In fact, I think that's critical because Noah was looking for favor, and grace with God. Found right here is actually an active verb according to those who did research on this with me. And, and, and it's kind of amazing that God's heart was changed when one man was simply trying to receive God's favor and grace. Think about it. So it really wasn't happenstance that God chose Noah See, God was, Noah was already pursuing the grace, pursuing the favor of God. He didn't just happen to get lucky, nor do we just happen to get lucky. See, really understanding this kind of changes everything for us because God actually responds to this active faith. It, it's where we pursue Him, we go after Him. God, I want you. God, I need your help. God, I need you. I want your favor. I want your blessing. I want to walk in your ways. Now, understanding that, I want you to look at verse number 11 now. As we continue with the story, to understand Noah better, it says in verse 11, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. It was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people because the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So, make yourself an ark. See, in this, and there's a, kind of a little subnote here, violence, whenever we see violence in our society, it's because we've turned our back on God and on His ways. That's actually right here in the Scriptures. And, and, and it's pretty clear that it was everywhere. So, Noah was absolutely most certainly along with his dad and his granddad experiencing violence violence against his family violence against his business violence against his home and and you might imagine how that violence would then have intensified when he starts building a boat on dry land but the truth is God blesses faith see he did it for Noah and he'll do it for you regardless of the violence, regardless of the accusations, regardless of your pain, regardless of the challenges that might come to you when you begin to step out in faith. Here's what happened. God protected Noah in the middle of all that mess and he's going to bless you and he will protect you as well. He's not going to leave you stranded. I like how Peter wrote this. He, he describes it so well. He said, but God protected Noah. Noah preacher of righteousness, and seven others. And and so so what what, what Peter's saying here is, is if this is so, if God protected them, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. That's us. You see that? God knows how to rescue you. God knows how to protect you. God wants to take care. God knows how to take care of you and your family, and he will, and he wants to. Why? Because God blesses what? Faith. What does God bless? Faith. And he wants to bless you today. He's looking for your act of faith. He's looking for you to step out and be generous. Faith to walk into that office with a confident smile in the morning. Faith to believe that your path is, your past isn't going to dictate your future. Faith to believe that God will give you a plan. God will give you a strategy. God will give you a method to break out, may, maybe even break out overnight of the situation that's had you emotionally bound up for years. God blesses faith, and He's looking to bless you. As you lift up your chin, get your eyes on Him, acknowledge the power of God in the middle of your situation, and begin to walk it out and walk into your future. It's faith for the miracle, it's, it, 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 it's, it's faith for that healing. It's faith for that family member who's away from God. It, it's faith for that financial situation to turn around. It's faith for the business to turn the corner. It's faith for your marriage. You might say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. Well, well, no one said that God is your genie either. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But one thing I do know and I'll stand on and I believe in this and I know it's true is that God blesses faith always. Always. In fact, let's look back at Hebrews chapter 11. I want to put these scriptures together. It says without faith it is impossible to even please God. So, by faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen, in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousnesses in keeping with his faith. Now, I looked at that and I saw that part about holy fear, and I just asked the question who in the world would ever want to displease God? No one, right? That's actually what we call the fear of God. It's like, well, we don't want to displease God. Here, it's, 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 uh, it's stated as holy fear. In a sense, it's kind of like the fear of dad. Well, I just want to say this. My dad never abused me. My dad never hurt me. I love my dad. I love him to this day. But there's no way on earth I would ever spit in dad's face. Why? The fear of dad. You get it? That's the fear of God. And In the same way, I don't want to displease God. But it's impossible to please Him if I don't have faith. So You can, and you should. And, and so I want to ask you, what huge mountain is in front of you that, that you need to see removed? And I'm going to ask you to have faith, because faith pleases God. Preparing for this message really kind of thrust me into this position, where I realized there's this huge mountain in front of me, and, and I've, been, I've even become content with just leaving it there, but I realized I can't have I can't really even please God if I don't have at least faith to see it removed. I don't want that mountain moved. I, I, I want the obstacle dissolved. Will God do it? I believe He will. Will God protect me in the process? I believe He will. Will I find favor and grace in the eyes of God? I believe I will. Why? Because I'm pursuing God and the things of God through faith. I can't see it but I'm going to do it anyway. And that pleases God. Hey, guys, what's your obstacle? What looks impossible to you today? What needs to be turned around? Because God just blesses faith. It's time to bust down some barriers with your faith. It's time to stop believing your mind games. Stop listening to the, the critics who are looking at and pointing out all the impossibilities around you and just simply take action with faith in God, knowing that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you're even asking or imagining. So what is it that you're going to attack with your faith? What is it? What are you going to attack? Get it in your heart. Get it in your head now. Isolate that thought. What are you going to go after? You're getting it. Now, now you need to take action because faith is actually the action, not just thinking about it. I'm going to tell you, even if it takes you 100 years to build that boat, <laughs> regardless of what even looks obvious around you, God is on your side. Get on God's side then. So favor is coming your way. And grace is coming your way. Blessing is coming your way. Why? Because God blesses faith. I want there to be no movement at this time. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to just to stop right where you are and close your eyes for a moment and focus internally. Maybe you're here today and you've not surrendered your life completely to Jesus, possibly. Even over the course of your life, you've drifted from God, just away from Him, and, and you know that things need to change. You, you want that new beginning. You want that new start, and... Right now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do so. If you want to be included in this prayer, if you want to surrender your life completely to Jesus, what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment is to raise your hand at the count of three because faith is when we also respond. We take action outwardly regarding what's stirring in our hearts inwardly. Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. He died so that you can have life and purpose so that you can have a new beginning. And everything changes today. Here's a count. One, two, three. Will you please raise your hand so I can connect my faith with yours if you'd like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Lift your hand so I can see it. Thank you, guys. Here's something I ask you to do now. Now I'm going to ask everyone to stand with me. And if you lifted your hand, I want you along with this entire congregation of believers to pray these words with me right now. Come on, pray this with me. Everyone in this room, mean these words from the bottom of your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past. And with faith, I embrace the future that you have for me. I desire to please you. I want to walk in your blessing. I choose to become a person of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many, If you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at CityLifeCenter.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.